This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Romans 4. Now, this has been part of our, uh, one of our main texts just on the area of faith. So we will begin here again tonight and just see how far we can go. Um, it stirs me up big time on the inside of me to, to speak on faith and just teach people the Bible in this area. You know, in uh, Isaiah 29, verse 13, it says, There's a people that draw near me with their mouths but their, and their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And it's very easy to be able to, to talk about the things of God, but God's really, really after our heart. And so, again tonight, I'm going to talk about what the Lord desires for us, is to come to a place where we see the promises of God, and we become fully persuaded that God will do exactly what He says He's going to do. And so the only way we find out what God's promises are is we learn to get in the Bible. And then when I begin to see the Bible, I have a choice or a decision to make. Do I believe the Bible? And one of the great ways that determine whether you believe the Bible or not is when you obey it or you do it. So those are big things, and you'll hear me talk about those tonight. So we begin, uh, Romans 4, just right in the middle of that, verse number 19. Talking about Abraham, it says, Abraham was not being weak in faith. Now, with that statement right there, it tells us that our faith can be weak. But he said right here, and he was not being weak in his faith, And he did not consider his own body. Now, when he talks about he didn't consider his own body, I believe he's saying his flesh or the makeup of our flesh. So just think about this. How are we ruled by our flesh, by our five senses? So he said he wasn't being weak in faith because he goes on to say there what we just read. He did not consider his own body. So again, when it comes to faith, faith has nothing to do with how I feel. Faith has nothing to do with what I see. Faith is totally relying on the Word of God. It is relying on what Jesus has done for every one of us. So we keep reading. He was already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, faith doesn't deny the reality of the problem. Faith doesn't deny that we have mountains in our life. Because in Mark eleven twenty three, when it describes to us to live by faith, it says, you shall say to the mountain. And so again, oftentimes people have viewed faith as this. Well, if I just ignore it, or if I act like it's not there... It's just going to go away. Well, that's not the truth. Especially in this life when when Pike's Peak is staring you right in the face. You realize that's a reality. That's a mountain. So again, it doesn't deny the mountain. But what it does begin to do, it begins to say, this is the mountain, but this is what God's word said. And so when we look at Abraham's life right here, This is what Abraham has to begin to do because he realizes this. 
Him and Sarah aren't getting any younger. The guy is 100 and she's 90. Verse 20. He did not waver. He did not stagger. He did not deviate at the promise of God through unbelief. Now think about that right there. He heard what God had promised him. And he chose to say, you know what? I'm going to believe what God said over the circumstances. Even over being a hundred years old. Now think about this. He could have gone in to, to dinner one evening and looked at Sarah and said, Listen dear, I think we got some infertility problems. You're 90 and I'm a hundred. Crazy infertility problems, huh? But when we look at this, this wasn't what it was about. It actually was about, do I believe God? Because he said he wouldn't waver at unbelief. So when I look at this here and begin to see what he begins to say, Abraham wasn't anti-faith. The opposite of unbelief is belief. So he hung on to the promises of God. He kept believing them even in a crazy, crazy situation that their bodies were getting older. So it goes on to say, but he was strengthened in faith, giving the glory to God. Now, we've talked about this numerous times, that right there, one of the ways my faith begins to, to strengthen is when I begin to voice out of my mouth the goodness of God. When I begin to quote what God's promises say, Something begins to happen with me. So we back up. Mark eleven twenty three. He said, Whosoever will say unto the mount, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says, he'll have whatever he says. So I begin to say out of my mouth what God's word said. So in this passage here, Abraham and Sarah begin to give glory to God. To give glory to God, it comes out of my mouth. But their faith began to strengthen when they gave glory to God. Verse 21. And being fully convinced, this is where the one translation says that he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was able to perform it. Now, me and you, we have opportunities throughout this book to find out what God's promises are. And when I find God's promises in this book, I have to come to a place in my life where I'm fully persuaded that I believe, number one, God is able and he's going to do exactly what he promised. And so when we talk about this right here, living by faith, years ago there was a lot of stuff that I labeled fantasy faith. And it was like, you know, you would hear this, name it and claim it, uh, blab it and grab it, you speak it and God will leak it well. This is not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm talking about real faith that is based on the Word of God. Real faith that Abraham lived by. So when I talk about fantasy faith, there's two sides of this. You have fantasy faith here. You have real faith that Abraham here. But on this side, many of us have to deal with an area of being legalistic. And what I mean by legalistic, we have thoughts like this. Well... I read my Bible, I pray, I go to church, I'm a good Christian boy. 
So you know what we've literally said right there? We've, we've thought all this is the way we earn God's approval. And so my focus now becomes on my abilities, not God's. And so I got to get over and I, I've, got, I've got to believe what God said. So this is where it comes to. Am I trying or am I trusting? Because when we start trying, you know what we say to each other? You got to try harder. You got to try harder. You got to. How many of you figured out that trying harder is nothing more than trying to replace God? And in my own life, I've worn myself trying to, trying to be God. I'm not God. So we all come to the place where we got to say, you know what? To receive the promises of God, I've got to learn to walk by faith. Just like he did. Now a great passage. And I'm not going to have you turn there. But Galatians 3 verse 1 through 3. It talks about that when you became a Christian. You didn't start doing it by your own abilities. You believe God. Well the same way we started out being a Christian. That's how we keep going as a Christian. I got to keep believing God. Keep trusting God. Now turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews 12, and I'm just going to read one verse in there. And and I want you to see this because it will begin to to help us to understand what my faith is all about. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. The word looking there, it literally signifies undivided attention. To fix my gaze upon him. The literal Hebrew translation says, is having eyes for no one but Jesus. So he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, the Amplified says, looking away from all that will distract you to Jesus. The New American Standard says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the scriptwriter. And the finisher, the perfecter of what? Of our faith. So when we look to Jesus, I keep my eyes focused on him. Uh, A great verse that will go in line with that is Hebrews 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ. It didn't say through my abilities or through your abilities. So I believe a good prayer is to say, Lord, help me to do things through you, Lord Jesus. Help me to fulfill the callings on my life through you, Lord Jesus. And he goes on to say there, in the Amplified, in the end of verse 2, it says, The leader and the source of our faith, giving our first incentive for all our belief. And so ultimately, when we begin to look at Jesus, Jesus' goal is to mature our faith, and Jesus' goal is to perfect our faith. So here's your little nugget tonight. The greatest Christian is not the one who achieves. The greatest Christian is the one who learns to receive. And the way I receive in the kingdom of God is I keep believing. I trust that God's going to do everything he said he'll do. Let me, let me, hear, let me tell you this. This is a great uh, an illustration I heard a couple of days ago. There was a couple that was getting married. And as they were getting ready for their, their marriage vows... Uh, most marriage vows will say something similar like, um, Jimmy Jack, do you take Judy with the attitude to be your lawfully 
wife. I will. I do. And so this couple in their wedding vows, instead of saying, I will or I do, every time that the officiating minister said, repeat this, they would say, I will with the help of God. I love that. I, I love that when, they, when I heard that. I thought, you know what? Maybe I ought to go back 36 years ago and get remarried. <laughs> Just kidding, but it's a good thought. But again, that's, that's so true for every one of us. that We're, we're taught so much about, you know, we've got to make things happen. We've got to make things And that's not saying to be a lazy Christian. But again, I, I keep my eyes on Jesus. And I keep my eyes focused on the Word of God. And man, when I do that, my life becomes so much better. You know, I, I encourage you in, in your daily activities to ask the Lord to strengthen you. Lord Jesus, I welcome your strength today. You know, really, that's Ephesians 6.10. It says, be strong in the Lord. He never intended us to be strong in us. And so, you know, how many have ever felt like you're in over your head as a parent? Every one of us. Lord, I ask you to give me strength to be a good daddy. How many of you, when you got married, you thought, oh my gosh, what did I do? And that's both sides of the coin. You know, marriage is God's sense of humor. <laughs> that's a great one. I love that thought because what happens, opposites attract. And then opposites react. And we thought, oh no, what's going on here? Well, that's what happens. And so... God kicks back up there, and I believe God probably likes iced tea because he created it. And he's drinking tea, and he, he elbows Jesus and says, watch these two. This is going to be great. You know, and so just my thoughts, all right? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5. But again, I, I encourage you, not, not just when you get in a pickle in life, but on a daily basis, say, Lord, I, I welcome your help today. I welcome your strength today. I welcome your wisdom I mean, I, 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 Judy Wadsworth was here a minute ago and asked me how things were. And I said, man, I feel like I'm in a track meet. I'm going from event to event. That's how my life is right now. And it's not bad. It's just a lot of things. And so I had to make some big, big decisions on Monday morning. And I had to go to a funeral. And I was on my way to go to the funeral. And Shelly called me and she said, just pray. Just pray. I believe God's going to give you direction while you pray. And so I just begin to say, Lord, I welcome your thoughts. I welcome your, your strength. I welcome your ability. I trust you. And again, we got to get off of this stuff thinking, ah, got to fight through this and grind. Ah. Being a Christian shouldn't be that way. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, one translation says, if anyone belongs to Christ, he is a new creation. So I read that today, and then we have to ask the question, how do I become a new creation? i got to be in Christ. Well, how do I come in Christ? I come before the Lord. And if you'll highlight a word in there, he said anyone. So I come before Christ and I repent of my sins. And I say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in my heart that you're the son of God. 
I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you went to the grave and to hell for me and you rose for me. And I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. So according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, I just gave my heart to Jesus. So in order to become a new creation in Christ Jesus, I do that by faith. Many times before we get born again, we have this thought. You know, I'm going to come to Jesus when I get my, my act together. I'm going to come to Jesus when I, when I quit doing this and this and this and this. No, we get it backwards. If we could fix us, we would never need Jesus. So again, what I'm highlighting here is how we begin as a Christian. We begin by faith. We trust and believe that Jesus is everything that the Bible says He is. And you and me, we have the opportunity to believe that, to receive that, or we can deny it and say, I don't want it. But again, our starting point is by faith. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So again, it never changes throughout my walk with God. I just keep believing the word of God. So he goes on to say, Old things have passed away. That old man, that old nature, and all things have become new. So Jesus doesn't work with that old flesh. He works with the new man. So again, here's the question. How do I become that new man? By faith. How do I keep walking with Jesus? By faith. It says the just shall live by faith. So again, I think that the big influence here or emphasis here, I got to keep getting faith. If I got born again by faith, what would happen when I need help that I cry out to Jesus by faith? When I feel overwhelmed in life, what would happen if I just begin to cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, I need your help today. I need your wisdom today. I need your, your insight today. So we just keep believing God that God will do all those things that he says he would do. You know, here's a thought for you. How committed are you as a Christian? Some people would say, I'm, I'm kind of committed. Well, that would be like asking a pregnant woman, how pregnant are you? Kind of, no. <laughs> you either are or you aren't. So when we see this right here, as a believer, if you say, well, I'm a little committed, then you're uncommitted because the word committed here means a full-time proposition. So again, if I'm committed to the Lord, I'm going to have to do that by faith and I begin to believe everything he says. How many of you believe in here that if you will confess your sin, God will forgive you? Where do we get that from? We get that from 1 John 1, 9. So again, even in the area of repentance, it's based on the word of God. But oftentimes, we may quote those words, but do I actually believe those words? So that's where the faith begins to come in. The more I get into the word, the more God gets into me. And my life begins to, to, to fall in place when I begin to say, man, I just got to lean on God. I just got to trust God. Go with me to, to Galatians. I got a couple more passages here. Galatians chapter 3. 
And I, I really wanted you to see these two verses in here tonight. Galatians chapter 3, right after uh, 2 Corinthians, right before Ephesians. Galatians 3, verse 9. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Let me read you some of the other translations. So then, all those who put their faith in Christ are, believed with, are, are blessed with the believing, the trusting of, Ab- of like Abraham was. Listen to what he said real close. Those who are of faith. It didn't say anything about how good or bad I am. He said, those who are of faith. So we go back to Romans 4 and think about everything we said. That it said that he did not waver at the promises of God. He did not stagger at them through unbelief. Abraham wasn't dominated by his physical. He just said, okay, God promised this. And so when I look at this here, this is the same for every one of us. That if I want to get to the place of the blessings that Abraham walked in, I can only achieve that by faith. Verse 13. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's us. Hallelujah. The blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. So now we rewind. How do I become in Christ Jesus? I get born again. How do I get born again? I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth. So again, he tells me right here to operate in the blessings that Abraham did i got to do it by faith. i do it the same way he did. So he said, those who are in Christ Jesus, that they might receive the promise of spirit through faith. Think about some of the words right there he just said. He said that they may receive it. He didn't say that they would earn it. He didn't say that we would achieve it. He said that they would learn to receive it by faith. Now, what if I told you that you could walk in divine life, divine health, and divine blessings? Some of you would say, man, I received that. And others of you would say, well, I'm not good enough for that. That's all Genesis 12 is where that is. God said these things to Abraham. He said, I want to bless you. I want to multiply you. I want to make your name great. I want to bless you to be a blessing. But when you go back and look at the things that he blessed him with, it was divine life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. Then he said, I want to give you great health. That's 1 Peter 2, 24. Then he said, I want to bless you to be a blessing. I want to bless you in all you do. And so I've got to get over and I begin to believe the word of God that God will do that. He wants that to happen. One last passage tonight. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Interesting how it all flows to me. The stuff just begins to jump out on me. And so, I encourage you. Just just let the word soak on you. But I'm going to, just as you're turning to Matthew 7. Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, Fellas, have the God kind of faith. 
Mark eleven twenty three. I quoted that other, earlier. He said, Whosoever will say in the mountain, Be thou removed and be cast to the sea, not down his heart, believes those things he says, he will have whatever he says. Mark eleven twenty four says, And whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Now again, oftentimes I've prayed. But it was in nothing more than, I hope this works. And I believe many times we've done that. But he said, when you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. The best way that I've found where it strengthens my faith to believe that I receive is when I can find out there's scripture for what I'm believing for. So I literally begin to pray the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So all I'm doing is I'm getting into agreement with the word of God, what God's word said. And I begin to believe that. And the more I speak that and the more I hear that. So again, let me, let me jump there real quick. And I use the illustrations of my own life. When, when I had all those issues with my sleep. Man, I, how many nights did I pray and say, oh, Father God, I would like for you to give me good sleep. But I didn't believe that. I mean, my life had been dominated. When, when you're walking and you're talking and you don't sleep good, night after night after night, man, your prayer, there's no faith to it. It's just throwing it out there and hoping, whoo, one of those will stick somewhere. But something happened. You guys have been there. I've been there a bunch. I'm like, oh, Lord. Something happened when I began to find scripture for that. And so what I would do, I would go in there and I'd say, Father God, you promised me in, in Proverbs 3.24 that you would bless my sleep. You said in Psalms 127.2, you give your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. So I just thank you tonight for sleep. And it began to create faith in me because it was from the word of God. So the more the word I hear, the more faith came. And before long, man, I began to believe it. Man, I sleep wonderful now. Thanks to Jesus. So again, get a hold of the word. Get a hold of that and begin to live it and breathe it. Now, watch this here, and this is what we'll end with. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears. Now, that's a choice. That's a decision. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and he does them, he obeys them, he's committed to them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, it, it says here in one translation, the one who acts upon them and obeys them, the one who puts them into practice, is compared to a wise man. So think what he just said. It's one thing to hear the word of God. It's another thing to obey it. One of the reasons we obey it is because we believe it. If we didn't believe it, we wouldn't obey it. So again, I, I feed my spirit, man. I begin to get the word on the inside of me. And before long, you say, you know what? I, I believe the word of God. I'm going to act on the word of God. 
Now, it's interesting that he said you'll build your house upon the rock. So we can think about this. The person who hears the word and obeys the word has built his house upon the rock. So what would we say the rock is? We could possibly say the rock is the word of God. But this is what's interesting about this. Jesus is referred to as the rock. You know, in John 1, 14, it, it says that, oh, golly, I had it written down, that the word of God became flesh. That was Jesus. So Jesus is literally the word. I can look to Jesus and I can look to the word for every area of my life. And, and he says in the next verse, and the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. And so right here in this passage, it tells me as a believer, just because I hear the word of God and I obey the word of God, I'm not exempt from the storms of life. But you know what he just told me? When the storms of life come, you're built on the rock, and that's going to slap you and slap you and slap you, but you don't move. You stand, you stand. And the Bible says when you've done all you've known to do, stand. That's in Ephesians 6, verse 25, 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. So I can hear the word and I can hear the word and I can hear the word. But until I begin to believe the word and obey the word, it's not going to do me any good. And he goes on to say, And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and it beat on that house. And it fell, and great was its fall. So this tells me right here, man, I got to do the work. I got to hear the word, and I got to do the work. And sometimes it takes a while for you to build faith in areas to say, I'm going to begin to act on the work. I'm going to begin to act on the work. It was a number of years that we heard the word of God on what God said on tithing. I knew what the Bible said. I could read it and me and Shelley look and say. But we didn't do it. We had a list of excuses. We have more month than money. We can't do that. So I keep reading and I keep reading and I realize this is the word of God. So how would you obey the word of God? I got to a place in my life. I believed it. So I started acting on it. I bet it was easy to do that. Pastor went, oh, no, it wasn't easy. It freaked me out. I was like, what are we doing here? But the word of God's true. And so 30 years later now, I walk in the blessings that God promised just because obeying the word of God. Now, again, that's for every one of us in this room. So I want to end tonight with this, this little analogy for you. The word of God is like an umbrella. As long as I, I live by the word of God and I obey the word of God, I stay under the umbrella. I was going to bring an umbrella in here, but get the picture. That's why I'm holding my hand up, okay? So, everywhere the word of God goes, as long as I obey it and believe it, I stay under that. But many times as believers, when we get born again, we have the thought, because I'm a Christian... Because I've given my heart to Jesus, I can do whatever I want, and I stay underneath the umbrella. Understand this. The umbrella doesn't follow me. 
I follow the umbrella. And the way I follow the umbrella is I obey. So again, as long as I stay with the word of God and keep it, I'm underneath that. But anytime I get out underneath that umbrella, I've gotten outside of the boundaries of the word of God. What am I telling you? Don't expect God to bless you. Don't expect God to do anything outside than the word of God. That if you're not going to hear the word and obey it, don't get mad at God. God, I can't believe God did that. You know what God will do? Exactly what he said he'll do. So again, we go back to the area of faith. Oh, Lord, strengthen my faith. Now, the reason this is easy for me to speak on it, I hadn't always lived this way, but this is 36 years now in the making of this. Man, I, I just keep hitting these things, and I keep reviewing it, and I keep standing on the Word, and I keep believing it. And I've seen God move. I, I, me and Shelly had something really interesting happen this week to us. We really, we really got over and believed in God. We said, Lord, we're just going to really trust you. If you've ever been around me long enough, I, I live on the edge. I, I have, uh, at times, I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. Like, I, I will get here as far as I can. I mean, I'll get out here. That's, that's kind of how I live. My wife, bless her, all these years. But we had some things happen this week where we really, really had to believe God in a good way. And so we just grabbed hands and we prayed and said, Father God, we've trusted you all these years. We believe in you. Ephesians 3.20 says that God will do exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask or think. I've had those things happen in the last few days. I mean, I've looked and I get so tickled because I say, Father God, this was such a God thing. This was only you, how you orchestrated things. And down the line here, I'll tell you a little bit more. But again, it comes not from being... Mr. Holy Man, well, I read 23 chapters in the New Testament. Well, good for you. That's good for you. That's not a bad thing, but that doesn't qualify you. I've been to Sunday school for 38 strange years. Will the Lord bless you? Again, if you go back and look what he said, it's all by faith, okay? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.